This is Emerson Griffin, and you are listening to the Wobcast, hosted by Wobby. Hey everyone, welcome back. Another edition of the Wobcast from TCO Studios at Winter Park in Eden Prairie, Minnesota. I'm your host, Mike Wobshaw, in tandem with Wobcast producer and co-host Chris Corso, who's nice and fresh and relaxed after the bye week. What's up, Chrissy? What's up? What's up, Wobby? It was a, it was a good bye week. I'm ready to go. I feel refreshed. Did Let's you put your feet up and watch NFL games all day on Sunday as I did? I really did. It was yeah. it, w- it was nice to have a Sunday off to, yeah. to be a fan. Yeah. It's the best. That was cool. Um, all right. Welcome, everyone. Another edition of the Wobcast. We entered the second half of the regular season, and the Vikings are atop the NFC North. At 6-2 and two, and as the number three seed in the NFC, we'll explain why they're the number three seed and not the number two seed later on in the Wobcast. Today's show is packed, per usual, know your enemy, power rankings, over under, and of course fan mail, all coming your way. Also, an interview with Anthony Barr. One of our best players on defense, joining the Wobcast, no big deal. Absolute stud yeah. this year. Yeah, we got Anthony Barr coming up for you here in a little bit. But first, some news and notes. Quickly, we're going to run through this, and then we're going to get you to number 55, Anthony Barr. The Vikings in the news league-wide today, uh, this week, Chris, because of some quarterback moves that have been made. Walk us through it. That's right. Well, Teddy Bridgewater was finally activated from the PUP, and he is now on the active roster. Mm-hmm. It's amazing to see him back. Um, hear, hearing him speak today was great as well. You can find that on Vikings.com. Um, to clear up that roster spot, it's Sam Bradford who goes to the IR. Right. Um, it's tough to see with his injury, but he can return in eight weeks. Um, that would be the start of the playoffs. Right. So that would be interesting when that happens. Um, now you have Keenum's uh, Bridgewater and Kyle Sloter as your three quarterbacks. And guess who's starting on this week on Sunday? It'll be Case Keenum, right? With, says Mike Zimmer. With Teddy as the backup. Teddy as the so, backup. So that's going to be your quarterback roster most likely for the rest of the season. Keenum, Bridgewater, and Sloter, the three guys on the 53-man roster. I am guessing it's Case Keenum and Teddy Bridgewater, a two-quarterback operation on the active 46-man game day roster. And whether it's Case or Teddy, that remains to be seen. We'll take that week to week, but for now, it's going to be Case. Um, Vikings hoping to get some starters back and fully healthy after the bye week. Diggs was dealing with an injury and was playing through it. Uh, Nick Easton was missing games with a calf, I believe. Mike Remmers Came out a little dinged up out of the the game in London. Hoping those guys can be back and healthy and ready to go, although Mike Remmers has missed Wednesday um, Wednesday and Thursday of practice. But we're dealing with a new injury, Everson Griffin. That's right. What's up with him? We saw Everson Griffin get hurt at the end of that game against the Browns in London. Obviously, he did have the bye week there to to relax a little bit. He missed practice on Wednesday. we we're, we're hoping he gets back because this offensive line in Washington is a little banged up. They so. are. Lots of injuries for the Redskins. We'll get to that on the Know Your Enemy segment of the Wobcast. Um, the Redskins do have a lot of injuries, including um, to four guys on the offensive line. More on that coming up in a bit. As we said, we're halfway through the season. Have to feel good about where the Vikings sit at 6-2. and two. two games up on both the Lions and the Packers. And a looming showdown on Thanksgiving Day with the Detroit Lions coming up 
three game in three weeks. Um, that's going to be a huge game. Um, Chris, the Vikings defense. You've got some cool stats on them halfway through the season. Yeah, you look halfway through the season and you have to feel good, like you said, about the Vikings defense. We held opponents to 282.1 yards per game. That is good for fourth in the NFL. Points per game, 16.9, which just hearing that, that number is very low. Uh-huh. And that's third in the league. And then rushing yards, we've talked about it all year. The rushing defense has been spectacular, as Zimmer even said in his press conference this week. 81.4 yards per game on the ground. That's third in the league as well. And then we know we have Everson Griffin there. Um, come, we talked about the injury already, but he is the reigning defensive player of the month. Has a sack in every game and 10 on the season. Um, only one in the league to have a sack in every game this mm-hmm. year, which is uh, – that's been fun to watch. Yeah, playing like his hair is on fire. Uh, you mentioned the rushing yards per game, Chris. The Vikings giving up 81.4 rushing yards per game, third in the NFL. A marked improvement for this team off of last season. Yep. Coach Zimmer was asked this week when he was doing an interview on KFAN why his team is playing better against the run. He said Linval's playing great, Kendricks is playing great, and one other person is playing great. Anthony Barr. Anthony Barr. The head coach singled out Anthony Barr as a big reason why the Vikings are playing the run so well. And we have Anthony Barr, who's going to join the Wobcast. We had a chance to chat with him earlier in the week. Here is our conversation with Anthony Barr. All right, Anthony, I'm going to start this with a basic question. Not football terminology, X's and O's and scheme. Just using regular words, how would you describe to someone your role within this defense? Get to the ball. Uh, it's as simple as I could put it. Wherever the ball goes, um, just get there as fast as you can. Uh, make a play on the ball and tackle the guy with the ball. It's in the most elementary, basic uh, explanation I can give you. What do you remember about the night Eric Kendricks was drafted? Because you guys played together at UCLA. You get drafted by the Vikings. Then the next year, your former teammate gets drafted by the Vikings, and you know that you're going to be playing with them for a lot longer. So what was that like? Uh, I was actually at the stadium. I think it was my first time seeing the new stadium before it was finished. Uh, they had like a, a draft party, you know, with a couple of VIP fans or whatever. And I remember watching it, and um, I think it was it was early, early. I think it was early second round or mid second round, something like that. And it didn't. I didn't really think it was true at first. You know, kind of read it on Twitter before I seen it on uh, TV. And the moments I see on TV, I was like, damn, it's, it's for real. And I was pretty excited um, just having another friend on the team. Uh, I was still the new guy at the moment, at the, at the time. So uh, it was just, it was cool, man. I was, I was really excited for him. I was selfishly excited for myself. And uh, I think it's worked out. How would you describe playing for Mike Zimmer? You know, lots of coaches have different styles. Players have different styles. So what's Mike Zimmer's style and what's it like playing for him? Um, I mean, it's just it's whatever he says is final. You know, you don't. There's not really any room for negotiation. Um, but it's, it's respectful though. It's not like, hey, you're gonna do this, and I don't care what you say or do. It's all you're gonna. It's what you have to do. Um, I think maybe early on when he first got here, it was kind of that way. Um, he want he whatever he said was, he says goes. Um, but I think as as we've gotten older and grown up together, um, I think he's lost more freedom ask more questions, he asked more questions, and I think we're working together more so than we ever had in terms of communicating and picking and picking each other's brains and kind of uh, you know, bouncing ideas off one another. All right, let's talk about Mike's son, Adam Zimmer. What's Adam Zimmer like? Uh, Adam is kind of, 
it's kind of the opposite of his, of um, Coach Zim. You know, I think uh, Coach Zim's very uh, fiery. He's whatever. You know, he's not. He's gonna speak what's on his mind. Um, he's a. I don't know. He's a, he's just like an old school football coach. You know, I think Adam. Um, he's not as uh, I guess aggressive. You know, he's he's much more mild mannered. And they kind of fit my personality, I think, um, a little more just because we kind of have that same uh, type of temperament. But uh, he knows football like uh, like the back of his hand. You know, anything when it comes to schemes, um, he's he's the first guy I go with any questions. So uh, he's a very good football coach and uh, happy to have him. It seems like every place on this defense, pretty much, you got a bona fide household name. What's it like playing on a defense like that? And do you think a big reason why this defense is so good is that there is so much continuity? Yeah, I mean, uh, playing with these guys now for for my you know four years, I guess, with Coach Zim, um, we kind of have gelled real well. Um, we all understand what we need to do individually, what we need to do collectively, and we all understand that we need to trust one another in order to be successful. So um, the camaraderie that we have as a unit, uh, I think it shows on Sundays. Uh, we love playing together uh, on the field, off the field. Uh, we have a good time together. So it's uh, it's been it's been good. I think one of the hallmarks of Mike Zimmer's defense, at least that people on the outside would say, is that double A-gap blitz, or at least mugging the A-gap, where you and Kendricks are right over the center pre-snap. What's the deal with that? What's it like playing that? Don't give away the scheme. We don't want to tell people what you're doing, but uh, what's that style of defense like for you as a linebacker? Uh, yeah, so anytime we're kind of up in the A-gaps, uh, there's a lot of communication that goes on between us within those couple seconds before the ball snapped. Uh, this is repetition, honestly, is what has allowed us to be successful um, in those in those defensive uh, formations. So uh, we have a good uh, good camaraderie. Um, we kind of speak the same language in terms of uh, what we're seeing and it allows us to, to make our calls and uh, play fast. All right. Um, let's do some power rankings. Let's get some opinions up in here. Now, normally we like to tell you about someone else's power rankings. Chris and I didn't think there were any super interesting ones out there. So guess what you guys get to have? You get to have our power rankings. That's right. Chris and I are going to go through them right now. We'll start with you, Chris. Um, I want to know, A, where are the Vikings in your power rankings? And then I want to know the teams ahead of them. Why are they where they are? Perfect. Well, I saw ESPN did have the Vikings at number four this week, which Ooh. was, which was uh, I, I love seeing that. Because okay. usually we're the, with a team under the radar. Um, they don't give us the credit that we, that we deserve. So I saw that, and I was like, wow, let me take a look here. And I looked, looked through the league, and I have us at number three. Oh, even one better. At number three, I the like Minnesota it. Vikings on a four-game winning streak, Coming off the bye and uh, just some of the statement wins that we've had so far this season, um, I like us at number three. Okay, and the two teams ahead of the Vikings. There are two teams that I think are uh, better at the moment than the Minnesota Vikings, and that is the Eagles at number one behind the MVP uh, midseason so far. Carson Wentz has been unbelievable. So I'm giving the Eagles the top spot. They've had a great defense so far. Uh, Fletcher Cox in the middle. Has been unbelievable yep. against the run. Um, we're going with the eight and one Eagles at the first spot, and then number two. Hate to do it, but it's the New England Patriots, yep. six and two. All the stats say Tom Brady has the best offense um, yards per game, uh, points per game in the NFL. So two, I'm going with the Patriots. What, about, right. what about you? You go Eagles, Patriots, Vikings. I also go Eagles, Patriots at one two. I have the Steelers at three, okay. the Rams at four. 
the Chiefs at five and the Vikings at six. So obvious why I have the Eagles and the Patriots um, ahead of the Vikings. I put the Steelers up there. You know, the Steelers beat us. I think they're uber talented, and I think they're a team that's going to get rolling here as the season goes along. I like them a lot. The Rams have taken the league by storm. I really have a lot of respect for the job that uh, Sean McVay, their new head coach, has done, taking that team from bottom of the barrel just last year to one of the best in the league this year. They are hot right now, and they are killing teams right now. And then I put the Chiefs up there. I just respect their body of work. They've played nine games. They're six and three. um, And the teams they've lost to have been really good teams. So um, I'm giving them some respect and putting them ahead of us. I don't think you can put the Vikings any lower than six, really. I mean, I look at the teams behind the Vikings. And yeah, in a neutral field, the Vikings might lose some of those games. But I think the Vikings can beat any team ahead of them on a neutral field. I have them at six. I think that is as low as you could possibly put them yep. at six and two coming off a bye with what they've done this season. A um, couple of teams I want to know where you have them that we have not talked about. Yep. Where do you put the Saints? I have the Saints at number six. So I have okay. the Steelers behind the Vikings at four, the Chiefs at five, and I have the New Orleans Saints who started the season out 0-2. Mm-hmm. They're on a six-game winning streak. Yep. Um, a lot of good draft picks. You have Alvin Kamara in the backfield there. Drew Brees doing what he always does. I have them at six, just above the Rams at number seven. Okay. You- God, they won six straight. That I should have them higher. I have them eighth. They've yep. won six straight. I should have them higher. You, you know what? You just remember what we did to them. In week yeah, one. I know. That's, it's hard to believe yep. that they have won six straight. It's crazy. The team that we saw in week one, you did not think could ever win six straight games. But they're a different team now. Um, I have Dallas at seven and the Saints at eight. Without Ezekiel Elliott, I'd probably flip, flip that around. Yep. Because um, we now know that Ezekiel Elliott's suspension has been upheld. Yep. Um, but um, last one I want to know about for you, and they play tonight. They play Thursday night. Uh, Seattle. Where are you putting Seattle on this thing? Seattle's not in my top ten. Woo! You took him out. I took him out. Oh boy! I don't believe in Seattle. Okay. I used to believe. I I, I go by the past, but hey. I round out mine with Rams at seven, Carolina Panthers at six and three at eight, Dallas Cowboys at nine, and I have the Jacksonville Jaguars Ooh. at five and three, the best passing defense in the NFL so far this wow. season. I I I think they edge out the Seattle. Uh, Seattle would have been there at ten if it wasn't for the Jaguars. Okay. But, um, I'm I'm going with the the new breed rather than Got the old it. the old the old uh, team. Call you know Mike Zimmer says um, faith is belief without proof. I think that's where I am with Seattle. I I have yeah. Faith. Where do you have them at? I, I have them ninth. I have them in my top ten. So uh, even coming off that loss to Washington, but you know that's not a bad loss, right? It's a home loss, which is yep. bad. But you know Washington's a good team. We're going to find that out here this weekend. I think uh, we're in, we're in for a barn burner against these Redskins. Uh, speaking of these Redskins. Let's get to know the enemy, the Washington Redskins. The game, of course, Sunday at noon in Landover, Maryland at FedEx Field. We're going to run you through a few talking points on these Redskins, beginning, Chris, with history against them. History against them. We've met with them 10 of the past 13 seasons, 7 of the last 8 seasons we've played them. Mm -hmm. Um, The players said in the locker room, uh, Kyle Rudolph was speaking the other day, and he said, we're taking this as a division game. This is they're approaching it like it's a division game. We've seen them a ton. Um, it's it's just a team that we've we've played against a lot, and especially him being here in the past eight seasons, he knows we're going to Washington a, a few times uh, mm-hmm. every couple of years. So um, we were there last year, and uh, this is a team that we're very familiar with, and obviously um, Mike Zimmer is familiar with 
Jay Gruden right. as well. They coached together in Cincinnati. They uh, Zimmer, the defensive coordinator, Gruden, the offensive coordinator, under head coach Marvin Lewis for at least three seasons. They went to the playoffs every season, I believe. So yeah, these two guys know each other. Their offenses and defenses from a scheme perspective know each other. Um, so yeah, so this is a cool matchup for a lot of different reasons. Not to mention the fact that both these teams are playoff contenders halfway through the season. So lots on the line on Sunday. Next, we're looking at Kirk Cousins. He did lead his team on a game-winning drive on Sunday against Seattle in Seattle. Um, It was cool to see him throw that pass to Josh Doxson down the field. Um, Doxson made a spectacular play, but he he continues to put the ball in the spot for his receivers to make big plays, and um, he was real good in this one. 21 of 31 passes for 247 yards. Um, He didn't throw any touchdowns, but he did lead the way for a victory there in Seattle with no interceptions. Um, He had a good game. He ranks 7th in the NFL with 2,147 yards, and he has thrown 13 touchdowns and just four interceptions. So you know he's a good quarterback. I think he is a good quarterback. If you don't believe in Kirk Cousins now, you never will because he's basically done everything. I mean, he hasn't won a Super Bowl, but he's done basically everything you want a quarterback to do. Um, I think he's super competitive. I think you make every throw that you ask him to make. He's mobile. I think he's gutty. So he's going to have Jamison Crowder back this week, who's one of his big playmakers in the middle of the field. Uh, Crowder had a touchdown against us last season. Cousins helped put up 26 points on Mike Zimmer's defense last season. Lots to respect about this offense, the scheme, and, of course, the quarterback. Now we're going to the running game, and these are two guys who uh, don't they're, – they're not – you look at them and you don't see uh, Le'Veon Bell back there in the right. Redskins' backfield, but Chris Thompson and Robert Kelly are the two backs. Um, Thompson's more of the change of pace back, and Kelly's more of the red zone back. Um, Thompson does lead the team with 251 rushing yards on the year. Uh, Robert Kelly has three scores, uh, most coming right there in the red zone. Washington ranks 22nd in the league with 98.6 rushing yards per game. So mm-hmm. this isn't a team that's really going to attack you on the ground. I think they're more going to have some of these backs come out of the backfield and catch the ball. Yeah, especially Thompson. He's really good at doing that. He's like Jarek McKinnon in that way. And, um, you know, they're banged up up front. You know, we mentioned earlier the Redskins got a bunch of injuries. They have 17 players on their injury report. Brandon Scherf missed last week's game. I think he was active but didn't play. Trent Williams didn't play. Their left guard didn't play. Spencer Long didn't play. Now, I think Long will play. I think Scherf will play, and I think the left guard will play. Not sure about Trent Williams, but either way, if the Redskins can run the ball, I mean, you're in trouble if anyone runs the ball on you. If the Redskins beat you, Kirk Cousins is going to have made a bunch of plays, which is what happened to the Seahawks. So. I'm not saying don't worry about the running game and all that, and it doesn't matter. It does matter. You want to be good against the run. You want to make the quarterback beat you, whatever. But this game's probably going to come down to whether Cousins can make plays in the fourth quarter or not. That's what I'm guessing. No disrespect to the running backs. I think we're going to be able to uh, to hold down this running game. I love the way our defense is playing the run this season. I agree. Now we're going to the defense. They allowed a season-low 244 yards of offense against Seattle on the road, which is pretty impressive, and allowed just 14 points. Um, The unit had a pair of interceptions and a pair of sacks. Defensive end Ryan Kerrigan is the pass rusher there, and he leads the team with six sacks on the season. And then cornerback Kendall Fuller has three interceptions for them, a young cornerback there in Washington. Um, They rank 18th overall in yards allowed per game with Mm 336.9 and 24th in points allowed per game with 24.3. So they're not um, lighting up the 
the statistics here um, as a defense, but they are a good defense with some athletic players. Um, Josh Norman, there, cornerback, is a guy to keep an eye on. It, always. Yep. Um, they're a good. They're a good defense, as yeah. you noted. And they're playing at home, so yep. you get a defense that gets to play at home. That's a big deal for them. Now. I think when you look at just stats only, you can come away and think the Redskins are inconsistent or unremarkable. I think it's a good defense. They're yep. playing at home. We had Bursich break down the defensive performance that Washington had in Seattle last week against Russell Wilson, where they forced 21 incompletions. They had two interceptions. They had two sacks. Yep. And they basically made it a living hell for the Seahawks offense to try and operate for most of the game. So their coverage is really good. You mentioned Josh Norman. D'Angelo Hall is playing safety for them. Bashad Breland is good. Their linebackers are athletic in coverage. This is a pretty good defense, I think. I think they've got something going. Uh, Greg Minuski, a former Viking, is their defensive coordinator. He's aggressive. Um, I like Preston Smith as a defensive end slash rush edge defender. He daggered us last year with an interception on the second to last drive. So. I think this is a good defense, and the Vikings offense will have its hands full, and I can't wait to watch uh, that matchup um, when we get uh, to FedEx Field on Sunday. All right, um, let's go from the Redskins, and let's take care of our own business. Let's look at our own house, the NFC North. Let's go through a midseason recap, Chris, of the division, um, and let's start with us. Let's start, start with the Vikings. We're starting with the purple. Um, we're going to look at the Vikings at 6-2 and two here at the top of the division. We are 2-1 and one in the division this season. But the stat that I'm really looking at um, when it comes to where we have placed ourselves midseason is the net points. Okay. That is our points uh, minus what we allow um, our opponents to have. And we are plus 44 points this season. Woo! That is, uh, You're not going to lose many games being plus 44 now. That is, that is pretty good. That is what Zimmer prides his defense on. Um, and and the combination with that and the offense with a few different quarterbacks, a few different running backs, it's uh, it's been impressive to put up that number midway through the season. Yeah, and the backbone of this team is the defense. So uh, special teams and offense, it's their job to complement uh, the defense because that's the backbone of our team, and that's that's why Case Keenum is going to start because yeah. he's taking care of the ball, he's not taking sacks, and he's being efficient in important moments. So. Um, you know, I think that's the key for for the Vikings. We'll get into um, into that a little bit more when we get into the fan mail segment. Um, but uh, I like, I love the Vikings form, and now it's you know everyone's been talking about we're coming out of the bye. So how do we avoid the mistakes that we made last year coming out of the bye when we faltered to stay strong and sharp coming out of the bye this year? That's right. And coming out of out of the bye, we're on a four game winning streak. We've beat the Saints, the Packers, and the Bears. Those are our three statement wins this year. And we're going to take a look at the remaining schedule here going forward. And as we've noted time and time again, this is going to be a tough road going Mm -hmm. forward. Um, We're at Washington this week. We play the Rams at home next week. Then we're at Detroit for that Thanksgiving uh, Day game. We're at the Falcons, at the Panthers, against the Bengals at home at the Packers, and then finish up with the Bears at home. So that's a tough stretch. It's a tough schedule. The Vikings, here's the good news. When we get out of this stretch, I believe the Vikings will be a playoff team, and they will be a battle-tested team at that point. Yes. You you will not be able to say about the Vikings, if they make the playoffs, "Eh, they got a bunch of wins against a bunch of bad teams. You will not be able to say that if the Vikings make the playoffs because it's going to take probably five more wins. Okay? Maybe four, 
probably five more wins to yep. get in the playoffs. If the Vikings get those against this schedule, they will be a battle-tested team heading into the postseason. Now we're looking at another team, and that is Detroit, who sits in second place. They are 4-4 four and four this season, two games back. One thing that stands out is their division record, and that is two and zero. Oh. Yeah, we gotta change that. We gotta change that on Thanksgiving Day. Feel you. Net points for them this season—they're plus twenty, so they're doing well there. Um, their winning, their streak right now is they won one on Monday Night Football against the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. They did lose three games in a row before that, um, so yeah, they're they're back on the horse here, and uh, just two games behind the Vikings. Remaining they, schedule. The remaining schedule. This is where you got to keep an eye on them. Mm-hmm. They're playing the Browns this week. Yep. They're at the Bears mm-hmm. against us on Loss. Thanksgiving Day. Loss, Loss hopefully. Mm-hmm. At the Ravens. <laughs> yep. Against Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. At the Chicago Bears. Uh, uh, at home against the Bears. Mm-hmm. At the Bengals and against Green Bay. Okay. So, um, it's not the hardest schedule. It's not really. I mean, it, like, okay. They none, play the Bears. None of those teams are above 500. Well, but here's the deal. They play the Bears twice. Besides us, obviously. Right. <laughs> they play the Bears twice. The Packers play the Bears this week. All I'm, all I'm hearing is like, yeah, the Packers are going to get a win. Oh, the Lions play the Bears twice. That's two wins. The Bears are not just going to roll over and die for it. We played them. They played us tough. The last two games, the Bears defense, 12 points per game. Last That's two right. games. Okay. So... We'll see what happens over the next two weeks here with the Chicago Bears playing the, the Packers and the Lions. The Bears can do us a lot of favors. We're Team Bears going forward. Heck yeah, um, we we'll are. We'll get to that in a little bit. Next, we're going to the Green Bay Packers. If you watch them on Monday night, you might be, you might be done with them. You might think they're in the, down in the tubes, done for the season. 4-4 um, four and four this season. Their division record is 1-2. and two. They lost to us as well as the Lions. Net points is minus 10. Uh-huh. And their streak, they've lost three in a row without... Their quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Um, their best three wins this season, they had some good ones with him. So they beat Seattle 17-9. They beat the Cowboys 35-31 to on a game-winning drive by Aaron Rodgers. And another game-winning drive by Aaron Rodgers was against the Bengals where they won 27-24. to so, Okay. All right. Now we're going to look at their schedule. Yeah. And this is where you, you, you might have trumped me before. Well, I'm trying to convince <laughs> you of something. You, yep. go, you go through – okay, everyone listening – Chris is going to read the schedule that the Packers have left. In your mind, I want you to count up games that they could win. All right, go, Chris. Here we go. At Bears this week, against the Ravens, at Steelers, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, at Cleveland Browns, at Carolina Panthers, against the Minnesota Vikings, and at the Lions. All right. What do you think it's going to take to win the division? Wins. I'm going to say 10. So you think 10 wins will win this division? I think 10 and 6 this year gets it done with uh, Detroit and Green Bay at 4 and 4 right All now. All right. If if 10 wins will win this division, Green Bay needs 6 more. Okay? They're at 4 wins right now. Rodgers is eligible to come back for the final 3 games of the season, 15, 16 and 17, those weeks. Yep. Okay? They're probably going to be favored in those games if he plays. So let's give let, let's say they win those games. That means to get seven to ten, wins. that's seven. So to get to ten, they need three wins out of these next five games that I name: at Chicago, home Ravens, at Pittsburgh, home Bucks, at Browns. 
it's not inconceivable that they would get two or three wins in in that group of five. It's not. I don't think so. I'm not. I'm not dancing on the Packers' grave right now. If they lose this weekend against the Bears, we can put them in the ground and we can start shoveling. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm, they're not buried. We're just going to start to bury them. Just start. Just start. If they lose this weekend, we'll start to bury them. Yep. I am not burying them until I know that they can't get to ten wins. Not, not until then. So they're still alive. Um, a team that kind of really isn't alive for the division anymore: the Chicago Bears. While you run through where they're at and all that, I'm going to sign up for the Chicago Bears fan club. Okay, because I'm rooting for the Bears every week. <laughs> That's right. Until we get to week 17. I agree. Right. And and while you do that, I'll, I'll run through here. Okay. They are three and five. ChicagoBears.com. So <laughs> they are zero and two fan in the division. Club. Yep. Their net points is minus 37. Receive email newsletter. <laughs> yep. They have lost one on their streak. Yep. But they do have three good wins against the Steelers, Bear the down, Ravens, Chicago Bears, <laughs> and yep. the Panthers. So those are three good wins. And now that you're on the fan club, let's look. <laughs> let's look at their remaining schedule. Okay. They play the Packers. We want Chicago to win. The Lions. We want Chicago to win. The Eagles. We want Chicago which to win. We're chasing. Yep. The 49ers. Whatever. The Bengals. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Lions. Go Bears. Browns and Vikings. Right. That's where we... Right. We, we, we're done with them. Yeah, now. we're done yeah. with them at the this last This is a short-term relationship with the Bears. But they do have two games against the Lions, and then they have that game against the Packers at the, at the start there. So Yeah. All joking aside, we don't want the Bears to win like all their games because no. then they'll be climbing up the standings. But yeah. we do want them to beat the Packers and the Lions these next two weeks. So. Um you know, I'm not going to say they're better off losing, getting a better draft pick because I just don't. I can't bring myself to be one who promotes that philosophy. It's better to win. Yep. But if you really are looking long term and drafting and all that stuff, like the Bears got the quarterback in place, they got the pieces in place on defense. They got to add a few more pieces. You do that via the draft. You know, they could be pretty good. Maybe. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah, we will see. Not this year though. Hope not. <laughs> well, let's move forward, and we're going to go to your fan mail questions. <laughs> The first question here is from Jordan Dykeman, and he has a very interesting question. Okay, what do you got? I know there is another half of the season to go, but why, when you look at the standings in the playoffs, if they started today, um, we would be the third seed, not the second seed, uh-huh. even though we did beat the New Orleans Saints earlier this year. Why wouldn't we have the tiebreaker right. over the Saints? The most common question I got via email from fans this week is this? this one. Yep. Wow. So... Someone must have put up a graphic, like Sports Center or NFL Network must have put up a graphic, yeah. you know, that showed the seeds. And people are seeing this, and they're emailing me, wondering what the heck has happened. Is this a mistake? Nope, it's not a mistake. The Saints are ahead of us in the NFC standings, even though we beat them and have the same record, because there's a three-way tie. That's right. With the Rams, the Saints, and the Vikings at six and two. When there's a three-way tie, head-to-head doesn't matter. Unless all yep. three teams have played each other, and then the team with the best head-to-head record, or the team that has swept the other two, would be uh, would get the edge and the tiebreaker. That hasn't happened. So the next thing you go to, since head-to-head does not apply, is conference record. The Saints are five and one. The Vikings are four and one, and the Rams are four and two. So that's why the Saints are the second seed, the Vikings are the third, and the Rams are the fourth. That's a good. At, yeah, it's a good question. Normally, it doesn't work out like that. Right, that's crazy. Now, as uh, Jordan has noted. 
We're only halfway through the season, so how much does this matter? Zero. None. <laughs> but it, Zero. it is a good question, and that's that's the reason why. Because the three-team tiebreaker procedure is different than the two. Than the two. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. Well, we have a fan out there in Washington. Okay. I'm a transplanted fan uh, as a Vikings fan living in Virginia. Richard Mahoney from Hampton, Virginia. All right. I watched the Vikings lose 26-20 to at FedEx Field last year, and I'm going back to FedEx this Sunday to watch what I think is a much-improved Vikings team on all levels. I will also be in Minneapolis for the Super Bowl in February and know that halfway through the season is way too early to talk about the Vikings being the first team in NFL history to play a Super Bowl at home. Mm -hmm. I would be curious to hear what you would think would be the biggest keys for the Vikings to get back there for the first time in 40 years. All right. I think I am not normally a big time of possession is an important stat guy. Yep. I don't think it's that important of a stat in today's NFL because it's a pass-happy league, and I think it's more important to be explosive and, and quick down the field than it is to possess the ball. But I think the Vikings are antithetical to that because of the way they're built. They're built with defense being the backbone of the team that's right. and special teams and offense being complementary. So because that's the case, I actually think time of possession is important to the Vikings. So to me, the two keys for the Vikings – to keep playing the way they're playing and win six out of eight games, uh, which if you do that, you're going to be 12-4 and four and you're going to have a first-round bye probably. That would be nice. Yeah, so the key <laughs> to that is to keep your defense fresh. How do you keep your defense fresh? You drive the ball. You sustain drives. Yep. You run it well. I think that's important, and you don't turn it over and give the other offense a short field. So as long as the Vikings can do that, um, I think they're going to be really hard to beat. Now, two stats I really like about the Vikings offense this season. In the same number of passing attempts – the Vikings have allowed 10 sacks this year, whereas last season, through the same number of How passing many? attempts, 21. <laughs> wow. Okay. So um, 21 sacks at this time last year, 10 right now. That's Love big. that. Yep. That's a key stat. Huge. Because bad things happen with sacks. You get behind the chains. You lose fumbles. Yep. All injuries. like Interceptions. Yeah, all of it. Just yep. get them out of here. So we're reducing sacks. That's great. The other thing I like. Um, through about the same number of, of games last season, we were at 2.5 yards per carry. This year we're at 4.0. So Huge improvement. Yes. Those two things are not making us look like the 1998 Vikings, yep. but they're helping our defense stay fresh and win games for us. That's for so sure. Those are, those are the keys. Run those, the ball, limit turnovers. Those are good stats, yep. especially on offense. Um, realistically, how do you see the Vikings finishing, says Neil Anderson. 10-6 and six should take the division, but won't get the, the Vikings a home playoff game, I'm sure. Can we go 11-5 and five or even 12-4? Well, what? first of all, if you win your division, yeah. you get a home playoff game. That's right. So um, if you win 10 games and win your division, we'll you home. get a home playoff game, even if a wild card team is 11-5, and five, yeah. which can happen. You know, you see teams win the division at 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7, and seven and they get a home playoff game. Meanwhile, a wild card team is 11-5, and five and they're playing on the road. That, that, I mean, you get rewarded for winning your division. Otherwise, why do we have divisions, yep. right? So, um, so that's how that's set up. Um, I, I mean, realistically, the Vikings can win every game on the schedule, and realistically... Give us a, give us a prediction. The Vikings what, what can go think? in the tank. I mean... Um, what, do you, what do you think for our final record at the end of the season? What is it going to be? Well, well, we lost two. So we can be 14-2. and two. <laughs> We could. <laughs> we could. I think, I mean, you know, the Vikings have games at Carolina and at Atlanta. Those are tough. 
If those teams are playing well, those are really tough games. Yep. I watched those two teams play each other last week on the bye. I was putting my feet up watching football. I like we can beat those two teams. I agree. Okay, so I think the Vikings are going to be favored in most of the rest of their games. So to me, they got a good shot in all these games. I really like them in the last month of the season against the Bengals, Packers, and Bears. Yep. I think they look really good there. Those two road games are tough against the Panthers and Falcons. And then, of course, these next three are incredibly difficult, Redskins, Rams, and Lions. I'm not going to make a prediction, but um, you know, all of the Vikings' goals are still out there in front of them. Win the division, get a first-round bye, and go to the Super Bowl. The Vikings can do all of those things still. Yep, it's all right there. It's mm-hmm. all there for the taking. All right. Um, love fan mail. Thank you, everyone, for sending that in. If you don't have my email address, go to the website, read the Monday morning mailbag. My we- my uh, email address is in there. Send us some email. It can be used in the mailbag. It can be used in pick six. It can be used in the Wobcast, or it can be used in final thoughts because we have fan mail segments in all four of those content pieces. So please keep sending them in. Now, though, we're going to play a game over under. Chrissy, you put together some... Um, some prop bets, so to speak, and some over-unders. That's We're going right. to attack these things and see how well we do. All right. Well, Kirk Cousins, we spoke about him earlier. Um, he is averaging tw- uh, 268.5 passing yards per game. Um, I mean, we're going over or under that stat right there. Against- 268.5? Yep. That's a lot of yards. I'm under on that. Yeah. Yes. If he goes over that, we're in trouble. Either we're winning it by a ton and they're throwing on every down in the fourth quarter, yep. or uh, or we've had a bad day. So I'm going under 268.5 for Mr. Cousins. Well, he's actually averaging 268.4. That was a mistake there. So by the averages, he's under that. Okay, well, he's going to be <laughs> under that on Sunday. Let's Hopefully he's under that on Sunday. Obviously we have one, one of the best defenses in the NFL. I'm going under as well. Okay. Um, you said some of the receivers are banged up there in uh, Jameson Crowder, and uh, he hasn't had the same sort of chemistry that he was expecting with some of, some of his other wide receivers. So I'll go under there as well. Okay. No right. Deshaun Jackson there anymore. We don't yeah. have to deal with him. Pierre Garçon. Yep. yep. Um, the next one. One turnover for, for the f- full Vikings offense. It could be a fumble. It could be whatever. Um, what do you think? I'm under. Because I, I'm going to, at worst, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to push on this. Yeah. I mean, because if there's one turnover, over doesn't win. Yep. So under gets its money back. So I'm going to go on. I think we can do it with zero. Um, I'm, I'm under one turnover on this. If it's more than one, we got a real, real big uphill battle in front of us. I'm going to say under two. All right. Um, I, I think we're refreshed. We're ready to go from the bye week. Um, Case Keenum has shown that he knows how to protect the ball. Uh, our running backs have protected the ball as well, and Latavius Murray and McKinnon. Um, I'm going under. Okay, cool. Last one. Next one is on the two running backs, and that's Jarek and Latavius. 125 rushing yards per game uh, f- uh, for them combined. Do we think they're going to go over that combined or, or under? Under. Under. And no disrespect to my guys, Murray and McKinn, uh, Jet and Tay Train um, are their nicknames. Now, scrimmage yards, I'd be over that because yeah. I think McKinnon's going to be a factor in the passing game. Yep. But uh, over 125 rushing yards for these guys combined, that'd be awesome. That'd be a really good sign for us. That'd be a good game. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. But I'm going to play the under. Yeah, McKinnon's a guy who can catch the ball, he can run the ball, so obviously he's a guy who had he actually has 424 yards from scrimmage in the past four games, uh, which is fourth in the league, which is uh, ninth in the league since yep. since week five. Um, but yeah, 
I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go under as well. All right, uh, we're, we're agreeing on everything. It's kind of boring to agree on everything. I, I know but. it was more fun when we go against each other, but mm, that's all right. Yeah, we're going. We're going. We're, we're both going under on that one. So that'll do it for the for the over under. Yeah, I think it's gonna be. Um, I think it's gonna be tough sledding for both offenses on Sunday. You got two pretty good defenses. Now the Vikings is better, but the Redskins are at home, so they yeah. get that advantage. So uh, I think yards are gonna be tough to come by. Same with points. So. Uh, should be a really fun game. Again, um, that game is at noon central time on Sunday. Vikings Redskins from FedEx Field in Landover, Maryland. We're going to be there covering the game, so make sure you check out Vikings.com, the Vikings app, and all the Vikings social media platforms um, so you can stay on top of your favorite team. On behalf of Wobcast co-host and producer Chris Corso, I'm your host, Mike Wobshaw, signing off for now. Enjoy the rest of your week. Have a good game day on Sunday, and we'll talk to you next week as we get ready for the Los Angeles Rams. See ya.